Welcome to The Drive with Adrian and Melissa, a podcast created to... One more time. I didn't click record. (laughs) Sorry. This is our fifth time, but that's all right because you will be welcomed sooner or later and take six or seven or eight or nine. Can we do one more? Thank you. Okay, I'm ready. Welcome to The Drive with Adrian and Melissa, a podcast created to encourage and empower people in motion, specifically educators and parents as they travel around the world. On The Drive, we navigate challenging questions in work, life, and all the in-between. We definitely don't have all the answers, but we're excited to explore and share the answers we discover during the ride. Come join us on The Drive. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Hey, drivers. Adrian here. Girl, Melissa, can you believe everything that's going on? We were just on the phone, but life happened and we needed to get back together. We had to dig into what is really going on and have some transparent communication about our current reality. Listen, drivers, it's your girl, your bestie, your auntie, your sister friend, Melissa Don. And Adrian is telling the whole truth. We just recorded this weekend and needed to record again because we've had some life changing moments with the passing of our superhero, Black Panther. For those of you listening abroad, we'll share a clip from ABC News. We begin tonight with the sudden and very tragic death sending shockwaves across the country. Actor Chadwick Boseman died at the age of 43 following a private four-year battle with colon cancer. Boseman inspiring millions with his roles, making seven movies while quietly undergoing surgeries and chemotherapy treatments. He's perhaps best known for his groundbreaking role right here in Black Panther, a watershed moment for African-American filmmakers and audiences alike. Bozeman also portraying black icons like Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall. His passing coming on the same day Major League Baseball honored the real Jackie Robinson. Tonight, the endless stream of tributes pouring in from fans, co-stars, and leaders past and present on what he and his roles meant to them. ABC's Janae Norman leads us off. Tonight, the overwhelming outpouring of grief for a star gone too soon. He brought real heroes and revered legends to life on the big screen, from Thurgood Marshall and Reggie Hudlin's Marshall. I'm Mr. Spell's attorney, Thurgood Marshall. To the godfather of soul as James Brown and Get On Up. To baseball icon Jackie Robinson in 42. Robinson up. Chadwick Boseman commanded the screen. We jumped back on this podcast so that we could talk about some truly polarizing conversations, some truly polarizing points of communication. Some people call them heated conversations. Some people call them hot topics. Some people call them untouchable topics. However, today we are going to call them necessary Because it is necessary that we talk about the changes that have happened in our culture in the United States of America so that we as global citizens can help others move through this process healthy and move through this process 
together because we are here to support you. We're here to ask you, not just how are you pulling up, but we're here to ask you, how are you doing? How do you feel? How are you doing? So let's get into it. The death of our superhero, the Black Panther, Mr. Chadwick. How are you doing with that? So when I got the message from a friend, one, I thought it was fake news. I was like, what? I I was speechless. (laughs) And you know me, I'm a talker. But I really was at a loss for words. It hit me twofold. First, I was just amazed about the things he was able to accomplish and not just his lifetime, but since he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2016. I mean, message from the king, Marshall, Black Panther, the five bloods, and that's just a few of them. Each of these were more than just movies. They were markers of blackness on film. Blackness in history and Blackness in life. They were really memorable experiences beyond the silver screen. I honestly felt touched by his life's work. And most celebrities really don't elicit much emotional response from me. But his death really did. The other way it hit me was because it felt so sudden to me. And knowing he was so young, only 43. It made me think of how big changes can happen quickly in life. And I experienced that firsthand with the death of my father. Before I was 30, I had lost the three men who molded me, my grandfather and both of my dads. And the last loss was so unexpected. I was still living in Chicago when it happened. One morning, I was speaking to my mom and my dad on FaceTime before my dad went fishing. Now, fishing was his favorite pastime. Other than family, it was fishing. The next morning, my brother is calling me in tears and my brother's not a crier. And I just, he couldn't even get out the words. And I remember just saying, what happened? What happened? And I remember specifically saying, what happened to Ma? Because To that point, my mom had dealt with more like medical concerns than my father ever did. Um, And my brother, through his tears, told me, daddy's missing. When I say that hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like my father doesn't go missing. My dad comes home every night. He's always calling you. You know, he'll call my mom five, six, seven times a day you know, uh, on top of being at the house. And so to not have heard from him, I knew something tragic happened. I knew it. I knew it in my soul. And I literally broke down in tears right there on my guided reading table. School hadn't started yet. And I I was literally in tears. By the time I'm on my way to the airport to fly back home, my cousin called and told me, I'm sorry, cuz. And I was a bit confused because At this point, I only knew him to be missing. She didn't realize my mom hadn't told me that they had found my father's body in the water with a life jacket. And um, when I finally made it back home to Michigan and I hit that corner of my childhood street, I just realized that my life would forever be different. And so when I think of the loss of the Black Panther, All of our lives are going to be forever different. I was listening to a graduation speech he made, and it was just so powerful. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. 
when you had this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me. The path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone that's holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you. It was just amazing to hear him talk about your destiny being yours and to know that a light like that is gone. <laughs> Melissa, yeah, I'm holding true. back tears. Like, yes, <laughs> I understand. It is truly, truly a moment that will stop you in your tracks because the first stage of grief is the denial, the shock, the confusion, the avoidance. And thank you so much for sharing with us on this podcast about the journey that you took through those stages of grief grief with your father and how now you're able to be on the other side. And as we know, you never recover from the loss of your parent. However, we do understand that you do move through through the stages and hopefully one day get to acceptance where we can accept the new journey that we're going to take, always remembering our loved ones. And I think that we're all going to need the strength that you and other drivers like Sherelle and other drivers have experienced in terms of moving us through that grief cycle, moving us through that grief journey so that we can come to a place where we're able to accept some of these traumatic losses. I know for many of us, um, we are still in the first stage of denial and shock and fear. And some of us have maybe moved on to the next stage of being anxious or frustrated or worrying. I know for me, when I first found out that our superhero had passed on to go be with God, I immediately sent a WeChat to David in Qatar because the memory of Chadwick and the Black Panther experience holds a special place in my heart with David in Qatar. David is a brother of mine, and we went together with over a hundred men and women of color from Africa, from African Americans, from Indians, all types of beautiful colors 
gathered together in a movie theater to experience Black Panther together. And it was just beautiful, just looking at the beautiful African garments. Uh, David is African, so being able to experience it with someone that is African, as you all know, I am African-American. And so just being able to cross cultures and have that wonderful experience will always hold a special place in my heart. It's important that we reach out to each other during these times when we lose loved ones, when we lose um, a part of the culture, when we lose uh, experiences. It's important to have transparent conversations to tell exactly how you are coping to make sure that it's a healthy way to move through the process. A lot has happened since we last had a conversation. And we want to add these life-changing moments to our conversation. Right. Communication is something I've talked about so much recently, and it isn't always easy to look at yourself in the mirror. Sometimes there can be pain you might just have to hash out, much like what Shala talked about when she was in her submarine. Today, drivers, like we said, we're about to dig in. We're also going to tackle the question, do you struggle to tell the truth? This made me think of transparent communication. In transparent communication, you're open with the good and the stuff that's not so good. You share your weaknesses and your successes. You discuss your dreams and your fears. Think of a windshield on a car. You always have a pair of wipers to help get the bugs and the mud and the rain out of your way so you can drive safely forward. When I date, I'm very transparent. I want to get married. I don't want there to be any confusion about my purpose in dating. And I seek the same clarity from the other person. Listen, did y'all hear that out there, daters? She said when she dates, she does not want there to be any confusion. We're about to have a we're about to have a windshield wiper conversation. I'm gonna start saying that now (laughs) because I love that fancy vocabulary, transparent communication. (laughs) Windshield wiper communication. Get your windshield wipers out because we want to make sure that there are no bugs in this next journey that you're about to be on. Because we know the lack of transparency makes it difficult to make decisions moving forward. So today, when we're talking about these very relevant topics like the death of our superhero, the highest unemployment rate since the Great Depression, the Black Lives Matter movement. And the recent historic VP nomination. Drivers, I hope you're ready because this is going to be a dynamic episode. Very dynamic. So if you haven't pulled up to get your car checked lately, we're coming for your windshield wipers. You know there are some of you all (laughs) out there that have those old windshield wipers that squeak across your windshield when it's raining that keep the bugs on there. Well, guess what? It's time for a replacement. I love that, Melissa. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's make sure that we replace ours first, sis, during this conversation before we help others replace theirs. And I want to know, since you are pulling up with some new windshield wipers, what type of mode of transportation are the windshield wipers connected to? How are you pulling up to this episode, sis? How are you pulling up? Well, I'm pulling up in my daddy's Silverado. Now, it's not the fastest car out there, but it gets the job done in almost in any weather, right? I'm from Michigan. We get lots of snow. Whatever it is, it's getting you through. 
he also has an extended cab. So when I'm ready, there's room for the whole family to be there. And since I've been spending so much time with family and family's been feeding into me, thought it was good to make sure I had the space there, even if in the moment nobody's in the vehicle with me. But it also has that flatbed in the back. So I can move stuff around, put in a couch, whatever I need. There's lots of room because it's a pickup truck. And since I'm actually in the space of preparing a move, I needed something that was going to take all of my stuff. The other thing is whenever somebody has a pickup truck, they're already in service to others. Everybody knows if you have a pickup truck, you know, you've gotten many a phone calls of somebody asking you, can you help me move? Can you help me with this? Or if you don't have one, when it's time to move, you're looking around, which one of my friends has a truck that can help me out? So I also really thought that this was great because I know I'm in a very much in a spirit of service, giving and helping. And so having a pickup truck makes that job a lot easier than my Honda Accord. (laughs) Um, And it's just comforting to also be in my father's vehicle because he's not here with me anymore. So his vehicle is a way for me to still feel very close to him because he loved that Silverado. Thank you so much for sharing about your father. As you know, Sherelle shared about her mother and I can imagine it takes a lot of transparency and it takes a lot of uh, time to be able to express your memories and your love So thank you so much for sharing that. No problem. For me, I am definitely pulling up in the company bus. The company bus is a strong representation of my life right now. I work in two different countries in two different time zones. And every day I feel my colleagues, I feel my company supporting me driving me to certain destinations along the journey and providing that vehicle that I need to feel safe, to feel secure, and to feel like I'm in movement. I remember the first Mm -hmm. time that I got on a company bus. I was in college. Hey, HBCU. And while I was in college, I acquired a wonderful job at an airline. And as you know, in Atlanta, Georgia, Hartsville International Airport is a humongous airport. And as soon as I went through the gate and I got out of my car and got into the company car, I felt like I had arrived. You know, the pilots were on there, the flight attendants were on there, the crew. And it was just a true moment of camaraderie and of affiliation. And we all knew that we had a job to do. And we had that time together to talk about the job. We had all put our personal cars, our personal vehicles to the side and was able to go on the drive. Come on, drivers. And I see that in my life. I see us, my colleagues and I, getting on this drive together. As we begin to go back to Asia and fly abroad, just like you, I have also noticed the support. It wasn't just the first time when I went 
on the airport company bus. But I also strongly remember getting on the company bus in Qatar, getting on the company bus in Morocco, getting on the company bus in Asia. I remember that moment when we all was able to get off the airplane and get on those buses knowing that our companies had us, that they were supporting us. They knew how to get us where we needed to go. And it was just a really great memory. So I'm really grateful that I'm able to say my life is represented by a company bus right now because, yes, I'm experiencing work night and day, and I'm really focused on getting our students, parents, and myself and colleagues back to school safely and with excellence. I am also remembering that I'm not doing this by myself and Another thing I love about the company bus, come on, everybody, is I don't have to drive. I do not have to get us there. Mm. And so because of that, Adrian, guess what I have time for? Reading, my guess. <laughs> yes, I love to read. Also, Adrian, I have time to serve the people. Yes, ma'am. Mm. <laughs> so guess what I'm serving the people today? Uh, today, I am serving the people tea, okay? Y'all remember the virtual menu. Y'all know that Adrian and I are starting out a virtual business And I am super excited because I am serving some tea. But wait, wait for it. Mm -mm 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 -mm. We are not talking about your regular tea. We are not trying to serve you a gallon of muddy gossip. Okay, no, (laughs) ma'am. We are ready to serve the sister friends that are thirsty for relevance and are thirsty for rightness. Okay, yes, I just gave a new word, rightness. Don't be bothered. Be unbothered by that new (laughs) word, okay? T stands for trustworthy. E stands for every day. And A stands for advice. I am giving trustworthy everyday advice in this episode. So be ready for it, drivers. You'll hear it. You know how we do with our mindful moments. I love that. Every time we do it, I love it. I also want to serve you some love. That's right. Acronyms are being served on the menu. And for L in the word love, it represents legendary. O represents oven roasted. V represents vegetables. And E represents entrees. Because I know y'all are tired of picking up a quick snack. With empty calories, we are nobody's snack today. No, ma'am. Today, we are looking for healthy love that has been prepared over time. Come on, sisters, switch with me. Y'all understand what I'm talking about. We are not talking about those quick midnight snacks, okay, that leave you feeling empty. We are talking about preparing love over time that leaves you feeling satisfied and fulfilled. And by the way, just in case you all were wondering, I am a vegetarian. So I know a little something about that love. Okay, those oven roasted vegetables. So don't worry, sister friends. Don't worry, drivers. I will not leave you with no quick snacks on this road trip. So girl, what are you serving the people? 
So, of course, this is a transparent communication conversation, so I'm serving that. But I'm also serving laughter. And laughter is a dose of medicine my father would always hand over. It was kind of his signature. And so that's really important to me. He he could put a smile on anybody's face anywhere. And laughter and joy just do something amazing to you. My dad um, would always say to me, have a good day. And if you don't, it's your own fault. And when he used to say it, I used to be like, uh-uh, blah, 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 this person, that person. And it took some time. And if I'm honest, it probably took his death to really understand that I can bring that joy and that laughter into my life, no matter what somebody else is bringing into my atmosphere, no matter what else is going on. I can ensure that that day is a great day and an amazing day. And I think laughter is a prime way to do that. He was so joyful, so happy and always had a joke, whether it was good or not, that we were always laughing about. So I want to serve up some laughter as well. Well, we definitely need some laughter today because, as you know, we cannot move forward in this conversation without talking about the impact that unemployment has had on the movie industry. I mean, do you remember the last time that you went to a movie theater? Yes, I was in Australia and I went to see Bad Boys for Life with my friend. And that was the last time I was in a movie theater. And I literally do not remember. I know that it wasn't while I was in Asia. It was not while I was in Morocco. Therefore, it had to have been when I was living in Qatar or when I took a vacation. Therefore, we understand without us even remembering the last time that we were at the movie theater in the United States and the current pandemic, the unemployment rate has just been astronomical. There are millions with an M, millions of Americans that are not going to work, that are getting unemployment or that are not getting any type of support and they are just living off of their savings. This is not just for a moment. Just like the passing of Mr. Chadwick, this unemployment rate is a life-changing event. Can you tell us your personal story? Because I know, and thank you so much for sharing and being so transparent with us today. I know that you have experienced unemployment during this pandemic. Can you help us mm-hmm. understand how you made it through? I mean, just in general, Melissa, this has just been tough. You know, I, I lost my job and I lost it because I couldn't get back to the country I was working in. Not because I underperform, not because of bad attendance, not because we weren't making progress, but because there was a global pandemic that grounded me and then trapped me outside of my home. I mean, that's been tough. And getting through that has taken some patience with myself, giving myself that grace you talked about, having a good, firm network, both home and abroad has just been amazing. But if I'm honest, this was borderline devastating for me. Like I was doing meaningful work. Like I I felt the work making a difference. I had be really began to kind of get these solid connections. I had made the cultural adjustments to the new country and had started to really develop routines and a real community. 
and it, it it was just halted just out of nowhere. So unemployment is so personal to me right now. I mean, I'm working, but until I get to my new country, I'm still basically unemployed. There is no paycheck. And I, I understand the feeling of living off of your savings and having to lean on others. And it's hard. And so that's me thinking about it personally. But when I think about it on a community level, my heart is heavy. Black and brown people are unemployed at alarming rates, Melissa, due to a host of systemic problems that already existed in the U.S., right? So we already had very high unemployment rates in comparison to our other peers. But now you throw a global pandemic and it just gets worse. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 16.7% of Latinos or Hispanics, depending on how you want to identify, and 16.1% of Black Americans are unemployed in the second quarter of 2020. That is jarring. Exactly. I am truly in shock because one of the things that we have to understand is that grief or losing things is not just about losing people. As we've already talked about, it's about losing purpose. It's about losing your plans. It's about losing your forms of entertainment. It's about losing relationships. Mm -hmm. But I'm really grateful that we have this conversation that you are talking today and making it clear for people that you're talking to the co-creator of a podcast who is currently unemployed. These losses will change us forever. When we ask ourselves, how do we feel the void of the losses? Well, that brokenness, that emptiness can be filled with laughter, with routines, with great memories, with love and with hope. And that's why I want to serve the tea. That's why I want to serve trustworthy everyday advice. I don't want you to feel like you're by yourself. I don't want you to feel like you're alone, that you are not on anyone's company bus or that you are not in anyone's car that is a family member. I want you to not just feel, but I want you to believe that you are with us together and that love will be able to fill those voids. And you'll be amazed at how God will send complete strangers into your life that will ultimately become divine connections. So it has just truly been some major moments of self-reflection. I know for you specifically, because what unemployment leaves us with is time and time to think, time to reflect, time to reroute and go in a different direction. So I'm really hopeful out there that as you are listening, drivers, that you will add some joy and some laughter to your life, even in the midst of these losses, even in the midst of that, that you'll take moments to strengthen yourself with joy and you'll take moments to have those conversations. You see, Adrian, and I, we are back again having these conversations. But what about the movement? As we know, the movement has been a part of our life. I am black history to so many people when I walk through the door. 
I am a representation of black excellence. And I want to be clear to people that we are not talking about an organization. We are talking about an understanding that we will not be marginalized. We will not have our culture stolen from us and that we will be represented in every area of our lives, in entertainment, in education, in politics, in church. We will be represented in our communities and we will be loved because we are an important part of the human race. I want to know, Adrian, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter? I know I've shared with with you how I feel. Racism is not a black problem, that racism is a human problem. I know, you know, that it takes a lot for us to even stand up for ourselves. This Black Lives Matter movement forced me to really look in my rearview mirror at the person I was in undergrad. And a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that I was the speaker of the BSU. And this was a BSU at a PWI. For those who don't know, a PWI is a predominantly white institution. When you are in a situation where you are diversity, then you definitely need to speak up. So tell us about that speaking experience. I thoroughly appreciate that experience and it helped mold me to the woman I am today. But I also look back and realize I've forgotten some of that. I wasn't just a speaker. I was a political activist in undergrad. I was also a minority peer advisor, organizer of a rally, sit-ins, protests, educational summits about Blackness, inequality, unemployment, and much more. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm trying to give some perspective about the woman I was during those undergrad years, right? Which is really different than who I can say I exactly am today. And so once I left college, I kind of left all of that behind and I really struggled to find a way to be a true activist and an educator, right? That was difficult for me. I looked at my profession as activism, right? But I also knew that going to work was not enough. I also struggle with this idea of like consuming so much violence, which is the story of what's happening right now. That That is the situation. It is dangerous to be Black in America. And so I struggle with really diving into that activism and knowing that to do that, I have to, in some ways, allow my brain to see so much violence. And that's really difficult for me. Uh, I've been asking myself, how, how do I do this? How do I start to put together this feeling I've had since I've left undergrad? And I've talked to people about it a lot. How do I put together this longing and missing of activism and not really knowing how to get in it where it feels safe? This is so amazing because my sister friends help me with this all the time. I am so huge on that idea, that concept of, but wait, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need it to look like what it has looked like in the past. I need it to feel like what it felt like in the past. And my friends have really helped me with activism is who you are. It is where people are able to see you when they may have not seen you before. And so I really love this concept because at first activism was, you know, you put your shirt on, you got your signs and you go out and that was it. 
because they didn't have a podcast where they can come on here and say, hey, I want all the drivers out there to know that we stand in solidarity with every person of color, with every person that's different. And we say that you matter, that you are an important part of our culture. They didn't have those opportunities, right? They didn't have an opportunity to have their podcast be able to be heard all over the world. When you look at our statistics, which is so amazing, and we thank you drivers out there for doing this, you all are listening to us from all over the world, from Qatar, from the United States, from Australia. You are listening to us from Afghanistan. This is just mind-blowing to understand the reach that we have now. And so as activists, what I'm learning is my life is a representation of black history. And every time I step onto the soil of another country, I am being an activist and I am speaking in volumes out loud that black lives matter, that I matter. And so it's so amazing because I didn't see that before, but my friends are like, what, what, Melissa, if you never put on a t-shirt and walk down the street, it's because you put on a backpack and flew across the world. And just as you get to fly across the world and be able to represent us, we get to walk in the street and be able to represent us. And I say to you, Adrian, you are enough. And just the fact that you're about to get on a whole another airplane not all the airplanes you've been on before but a new airplane and travel to a new country as a black woman wow that's amazing thank you sis thank you sis yeah it's something that i don't know just it's something i am really thinking about like you know figuring out my footing how do i how do i step back in that world in a way that feels right that makes sense and it may be just accepting that some of it is just that education that i'm doing just by being there and you know it may be exactly what you're saying but part of me feels if i'm you know if i'm being transparent here i have a gnawing on me that there's something else i don't know what it is and like in our intro we don't have all the answers um but i am asking myself what does this look like for you adrian for me when i think about oh there's something more that i can be doing there's something more is the phone call i had a conversation with one of my sister friends who was from morocco who now lives in canada and she was calling me to reconnect to have some good conversation there's something more is the prayer the something more is the donation. The something more is the serenity prayer and accepting that these are things that I can do and these are things that I cannot. The something more is telling someone else how to have the podcast, right? And before I get off this podcast, the something more is voting for the next president of the United States of America. And speaking of something more... What about Miss Harris? Greetings, America. It is truly an honor to be speaking with you tonight. That I am here tonight is a testament to the dedication of generations before me. Women and men who believed so fiercely in the promise of equality, liberty, and justice for all. This week marks the 100th anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment, and we celebrate the women who fought for that right. Yet so many of the black women who helped secure that victory were still prohibited 
from voting long after its ratification. But they were undeterred. Without fanfare or recognition, they organized and testified and rallied and marched and fought, not just for their vote, but for a seat at the table. These women and the generations that followed worked to make democracy and opportunity real in the lives of all of us. And there's another woman whose name isn't known, whose story isn't shared, another woman whose shoulders I stand on, and that's my mother, Shamala Gopalan Harris. She came here from India at age 19 to pursue her dream of curing cancer. At the University of California, Berkeley, she met my father, Donald Harris, who had come from Jamaica to study economics. They fell in love in that most American way while marching together for justice in the civil rights movement of the 1960s. In the streets of Oakland and Berkeley, I got a stroller's eye view of people getting into what the great John Lewis called good trouble. When I was five, my parents split, and my mother raised us mostly on her own. Like so many mothers, she worked around the clock to make it work, packing lunches before we woke up and paying bills after we went to bed, helping us with homework at the kitchen table and shuttling us to church for choir practice. She made it look easy, though it never was. My mother instilled in my sister Maya and me the values that would chart the course of our lives. She raised us to be proud, strong black women. And she raised us to know and be proud of our Indian heritage. She taught us to put family first, the family you're born into and the family you choose. I mean, talk about his story. <laughs> In 2020, one of the major parties has nominated a woman of color, a black woman, Joe Biden said, you are going to be my running mate. You are the 2020 Democratic Party VP nominee. I mean, this is historic and should be celebrated. This opened a door that should have never been closed. We have a voice that should be heard. She is a great addition to this ticket who's going to bring A, B, C and D to the United States. One of my challenges came with, we are not going to do this again, Lord. We are not going to have a woman on the ticket as we should be and the United States of America not be ready to receive us. We are not going to do mm. this again, Lord, because we cannot afford to have the United States continue on the path that it is on under the current leadership that we have. Therefore, my first worry was, are we ready for a woman? And then I said, God, are we ready for an Indian American woman? And I just need everybody to know that this woman's parents came from Jamaica and India. Stop saying she is African-American. Let's just be transparent. She is not. Okay, if you're going to get her all the way back to Africa, you're going to have to go back generations and generations and generations. She is Indian Jamaican American. Okay, 
moving forward, this amazing black woman being on the ticket for me, the first thing was Lord, please let us be ready. Clearly I'm ready because I am a black woman and I'm ready for us to embrace any area that God is sending us into, which of course he's sending us into all areas that in this moment of transparency, we need to share our strengths and share our weaknesses. And I wanted to let you all know that Adrian and I are actually coming together for the first time in a new sisterhood in the last year. Uh, we both moved from the Middle East to Asia and we were able to have some time together. But I saw her uh, one or two times while we were in Asia. And I wanted to say that, Adrian, it is truly been a joy to watch you maneuver through my personality because I am very black and white. I am very hot and cold. I am very, say it in three points, and you can give a quote if you want to. And to be able to say, I am not Melissa, but I respect her. I am very different from her. And I am going to join together on this podcast has truly been refreshing. A lot of times we as women aren't able to come together because of insecurities, because of competition, because of lies. And when we walk in our truth, that somehow that truth isn't embraced by the other person. And therefore we have these surface conversations but I can say today like hearing you share so much about your past and hearing you share about how you went through the process with your father and was able to come out with laughter as a life-changing habit that you've created being able to talk about you know your unemployment and just the devastation of losing not just, you know, our superhero, but also losing your father. It has just been amazing to know that I can be on this journey with you. So I just wanted to thank you because let me be clear, you know, we're being transparent. I have not put out no applications for new friends. I am an introvert. <laughs> And I can say I have the gift of goodbye. Okay. I have the gift of goodbye. I have said goodbye to a friend that I was sister friends with for a very, very long time. I mean, since the 20 years ago, when I first came to Atlanta, Georgia to go to school and I said goodbye and have not spoken with her since more about that in season two. And so for you to be able to be on this journey and we've been together like talking every week for at least three months, girl, let me just give you a round of applause. Let me just say thank you for being on the journey. Thank you. Thank you. I know for me, um, it has been moments where I've had to just say, stop, just take a deep breath, Melissa. You all are different and God brought you together to celebrate your differences, to reach far beyond anything that you can reach because everything that I need is in a relationship. Even my sisterhood with you, Adrian. Uh, I feel very much, very much the same way. Um, 
you push me, (laughs) you know, you push me to think about how I've been thinking and think about how I'm talking, how I'm using my words and it's needed. And I know it's love and it's so enriching, you know, to be able to have that level three, level four connection and, you know, just those differences, not being different, but being celebrations that their uniquenesses, if that's even uniquenesses, I think that's it's a new word now. (laughs) It's a word now. Uniquenesses. Um, those very things that make you, you and me, me um, are what make this so much stronger and make it so much more meaningful, not just to the recordings, but literally to life, to other relationships that I have, to other thought processes and things that I'm doing and being just mindful of those and kind of having that little mindful moment tune in my brain there we go having that go off and you're not there you know what I mean but it's still kind of you in you know the back of my head thank you you know like thanks for being like a big sis you know I I appreciate that well you're welcome because listen you definitely push me because you stay in the back of my head because when I want to just keep it moving you're like nope calm down slow down We're going to have a real conversation about this. I am really big on being a writer and being a person that scripts what I would like to say and what I would like to talk about. And you came into the conversation like, girl, what are you doing with this script, honey? I need you to throw this (laughs) script out the window. We just need to talk. And wow, the changes in life can truly take you into a space that is uncomfortable, that is emotional. But I want us to all know as we leave out that we are not just our emotions. We are a whole person with a spirit, with emotions, and with a body. And to take care of all of that, you can dive into faith and it can be as you choose for it to be. I remember watching one government official and she was so powerful in her stance that this is my time and I control it. And I want you to say that this is your time and you control it, not just your emotions, but your intellect, your logic, your body, your spirit. You control that. Yes, Take a moment to say, I'm not okay right now. Who would be okay with police brutality at all-time high? Who would be okay with unemployment rates in the millions? Who would be okay with our superhero going on to be with the Lord? Take a moment to not be okay. As a matter of fact, I want to say it's okay to not be okay. When that moment is finished, just know that you will come out better You'll come out more authentic. You'll come out living your truth. So as we leave out of here, I just want to say thank you, drivers, for this transparent moment. Stop off, get you some windshield wipers. You know you need some new ones. And clear up all that muddiness, all those bugs, all that murkiness from your vision. And let's be clear and transparent in the way that we see and communicate our life to others. This is the after party of our episode. One of the things I love about your transparency in the episode is we went deeper on this episode because 
your intro was so amazing how you talked about dreams and sharing your frustration. Um, when I went back to edit our last episode, I realized that the things that you had brought up in the intro, we did not do. We did not share our struggles. We didn't share how we felt about Kamala Harris becoming the vice president. We didn't share what we, how we felt about Chadwick passing away. And that was something to me that was on my heart that we needed to do, you know. And so our question of the episode, do you struggle to tell the truth? I had to say, okay, am I struggling with telling my truth regarding these topics that can be polarizing? If given the opportunity to be silent, will I just remain silent? I do not struggle to tell the truth. And that's why I wanted us to come back together after we heard about some of these life changing events. And I want to speak my truth on these topics. Yeah, I think for me, when you made the point about this is what you said in your intro and we didn't do it, it gave me some very clear points to kind of think about when I'm sharing. Am I sharing my highs and my lows? Am I sharing my dreams? And I wasn't doing it. So I had to look at myself and go, girl, tell them that, you know. Um, right. And as I was kind of writing the script about it, I was literally in tears, you know, like missing my father, you yeah, know. Um, so therapeutic, right? And that's why I right. love to write. Thank you so much for sharing, because I know as I was listening to your story about your father Every time I laugh today, I'm going to think of him and how he told you, if you're having a bad day, it's your fault. Like that full ownership of your day. That's what right. we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about, no, it's not, you know, the man. It's not your job. It's not your ex. It's you. You right. are right. the reason why you're having the day that you're having. That is, come on, somebody, our tea <laughs> for the day, okay? That is... The trustworthy everyday advice. If you are having a bad day, if you are having a good day, it is your fault, whatever type of day you are having. Okay. So I want to ask you before we head out of here, do you struggle to tell the truth, Adrian? No, but I do dig very deep to find the courage to deliver honesty wrapped in kindness. All right, drivers, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Why don't you like, comment, and subscribe? Yes. Until next time. Bye-bye. Adios. <laughs> Y'all know how we do with the ending. Y'all already know we don't have a lot of goodbyes. We're still working on our different languages, even though we've lived in eight countries combined. God Bye. bless you all. <laughs> Take care.